HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Hello and welcome to another uh, lactose-filled hour, or lactose-free hour, actually, for Talking Cheese, of Cutting the Curd on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Ann Saxelby. Uh, I wanted to thank our sponsors, uh, which tonight is Wisconsin Cheese Originals, as well as our awesome producer, Jack Inslee. Um, so today we're stretching the curd a bit further than usual. Our topic is cheese and rock and roll, or music of any kind, for that matter. We don't discriminate. Um, my guest today is Chris Gray, former record mogul and current cheese maker at Consider Bardwell Farm in West Pollitt, Vermont. And Chris has been kind enough to come and chat with me about his move from the musical world to the agricultural world. Uh, but before I interview Chris... Um, I just wanted to let all of our listeners out there know that we are really doing some uh, groundbla- groundbreaking journalism here. Um, I stumped Google when I typed in cheese and rock and roll. <laughs> there was like nothing that came up. I was like, hmm, I wonder what's out there. Um, so the results that I did get were pretty strange and, and far reaching. And um, these were some of the things that I came up with. Um, there's, a, there's a band, The String Cheese Incident. Which, of course. which you know, I've I've heard the name. I don't know. I could if I could sing any of their songs. There's apparently a rapper out there um, called Mims who wrote a song called "Stay Cheese," um, and you know, rappers actually do have a little bit of uh, a, a heritage with you know cheese. You know, talking about the cheese and the cheddar, and <laughs> you know, making the cheddar, spending the cheese. Oh, very nice. <laughs> <laughs> Jack is all over the music. <laughs> this is Mims, everybody. <laughs> um, there's also apparently a lounge singer in Los Angeles who calls himself Richard Cheese, who does um, you know renditions of Rock the Casbah and stuff like that. Um, there's a Ween song called Pork Roll, Egg and Cheese. Um, and then, you know, another rap song called... They, they also have a album, Chocolate and Cheese. They do? Ween, yeah, titled 
chocolate and cheese. Yeah. Awesome. A fine combination. A fine and combination. And the subject of a whole album, apparently. App, well, that that's awesome. Well, maybe we can, like, you know, play that when we're having dinner at Roberta's <laughs> after this and, and, and relish our show. Um, but so, yeah, I guess I guess I kind of figured wrongly that cheese would be a musical muse right up there on par with, like, drugs and sex, but I was wrong. Um, so, you know... We are incredibly lucky to have right here in the Heritage uh, Radio Network studio a man such as you who knows both industries inside and out. Um, so thanks for being on the show with us today, Chris. Thanks, Anne. It's nice to be here with you. Yeah. Exciting. Uh, very exciting. Cheese is always exciting. Cheese is always exciting. As is music. Yes, yes. And especially when we get to talk about it on the radio. Definitely. As opposed to, you know, on, in the cheese room where we usually would <laughs> be talking about it. <laughs> Um, so tell us, uh, tell us about you. Tell us about your musical background. Where did you grow up and how did you end up in the music industry and all that kind of stuff? Oh, it was really the only practical skill I learned at college. <laughs> <laughs> Playing but, music or listening to music? Uh, listening to music, working with music. I helped run the concert board and put on shows. And, and where did you go to college? Hamilton College. It's a liberal arts school. In upstate New York. Oh, great. Where they teach you everything and nothing at the same time. <laughs> I went to art school. I know yeah, all about yeah, that. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so I left there and I realized the only real thing I knew how to do was make things happen with music. So yeah, I started working at um, <clears throat> a label called Ryko Disc, okay. which is, was in Salem, Massachusetts at the time. Uh-huh which was not far from where I grew up in Worcester, Mass. Oh, Worcester. Yeah. All right. I Home know. Home of the diner. Yeah. Uh, really? Oh, sure. The diner. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Originator of the diner. That's a little bit of Heritage Radio Network sure. trivia. The smiley face. Really? Yeah. Amazing. There's all sorts of that stuff. Was that scene That's a whole in, other show. That was that scene in Forrest Gump when he like, he was running through Worcester and put his face on the t-shirt <laughs> and made the smiley face. <laughs> exactly. And um, so I interned at Rico Disc for a long time and finally ended up getting a job there running the Hannibal Records label, which was a small uh, kind of British-based imprint okay. where we did a lot of folk music, world music, okay. niche stuff. Yeah, yeah. Every band you've ever heard on NPR but never heard of before. <laughs> I was uh, thinking, actually, when you told me that before on the phone that, you know, uh, there are some things about cheese and or farmstead cheese and, and, and this kind of music. They have a lot in common, you know, it's like, um, farmstead cheese it's handmade just like the mm -hmm, music mm -hmm. there's a limited audience like yes the definitely music. and to some people mm. it just stinks you know <laughs> yes absolutely <laughs> we had a lot of those records <laughs> like finnish accordion music oh that sounds great oh it's fantastic i love accordion yeah but you know you could sell a few back then. Sure. This was some time i ago. would still buy a few more than a few for my own collection yeah yeah <laughs> And uh, but I work with um, artists like Kate and Anna McGarrigal. If you know Kate McGarrigal, she's Rufus Wainwright's mom. Oh yeah, and she's okay. the reason he is so good. Okay, okay, and his sister too is a musician, yeah. right? Yeah, Martha. Yeah. Okay, yeah, and um, a lot of world music like Ali Farcature, mm -hmm. the great former uh, Molly and blues musician. Okay, um, Cubanismo, which is a band from Cuba, okay. helped organize the first tour of a cuban band in the u.s since the embargo wow 18 piece discarga band awesome crazy and when was that that had to be 96 or 7 
Because I when, remember when Buena Vista Social Club hit the scene, that was like a huge um, deal. You know, like everyone yeah. loved Buena Vista Social Club. So you were way ahead of the We curve. were ahead of them. Yeah. 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 And they, of course, made all the money. God. <laughs> Again, there's so many parallels to the cheese world. Exactly. You break the ground, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and somebody then, else comes along. And... Yeah. Yeah. But it was great. It was a great experience and always worked with great music, yeah. which is hard to do. Absolutely. In the music business. Yeah. No, absolutely. Because like cheese, there's a lot of schlock. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of processed music out there. A lot of processed there. music, a lot of remixed. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. Know, yeah. Absolutely. Stuff. So so you were with them for, for how long? Oh, geez. Five or six years. And then um, <clears throat> we were purchased. The company was purchased by Chris Blackwell, formerly of Island Records. Okay. And we all got moved to New York. From uh, uh, from Salem, from Salem, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, which was an adventure. Wow, um, were you excited, or were you like, "Why are we moving to New York?" No, I was excited. It was, a, it was about time. Okay, okay, I'd resisted the magnetic pull for long enough. That's actually kind of amazing that you were organizing all this amazing stuff from a little town like Salem. You yeah, know, when yeah. uh, there's just. You know, there. I would imagine you were the only outfit of your kind. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Well, to be, you know, I was always into independent music because, you know, major labels didn't really appeal to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of the the point of view of Ryko was to be out there on purpose. Right, right. And, um, you know, we had a lot of catalog, like the whole Frank Zappa catalog. Wow. Which, of course, relates to cheese. How? Ah, Susie Cream Cheese. Oh. It's one of the great legends of the Zappa kind of pantheon of imaginary stars and beings. <laughs> Susie Cream Cheese. Susie Cream Cheese. It's funny. I stayed. She was a groupie. She was a gr- Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I have to You make your admit. own, you know, <clears throat> associations. <clears throat> oh, right. I'm such a... I'm a, Mid- <laughs> I'm a Midwestern girl. I never get these jokes until way too late. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Well, yeah. that's not a that's not a moniker I'd want to go down with, but I'm glad it's out there. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> and um, it's funny. I actually stayed with some cheesemakers in France who were mm. obsessed with Frank Zappa. I thought that was pretty funny. There are those that are, yeah. and those that aren't. Yeah. It's kind of like goat cheese. That's true. You know, that's people true. love it, or, or they just, just can't stand it. Yeah. So put on some Frank Zappa, and you'll you can tell who's who. And maybe maybe there's also an equivalent because there are some goat cheeses out there that you can fool people with. You know, you can like give them a taste and and they're like, oh, that's great. And then you tell them, oh, that you know, yes, it's a goat cheese, right? Sure. And they're like, what? I yeah. don't like goat cheese. So maybe there's a Frank Zappa song. Oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. That could um, convert people who don't think they like Frank. Yeah, Zappa. yeah. He did a lot of symphonic music, oh. music with the London Symphony. Okay. You would never know it until you told someone. That's that's crazy. That's great stuff. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. So a little bit like you, a Renaissance man. Yeah, exactly. Can do everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so then, so you were with the the record label for um, a while, and yeah. then, and then, what, uh, what sort of started your your interest with cheese? Oh, that was back in Worcester. Really? Yeah, yeah. In the old school days. Okay. The cheese shop. Oh. Which was a small chain of cheese shops mm-hmm. in the Northeast and Mid Atlantic. Okay. In the mid eighties. 
which okay. ahead of its time. Speaking of ahead of its time, very much, had, and in they, Worcester too. Yeah, like of course. where there was no. I mean, I grew up in Chicago. There was no cheese shop in in Chicago. Yeah, I yeah. mean, at all. Right, and they were. It was a small chain, mm-hmm. and um, I worked there in, in high school, kind of summer jobs, and at the holidays helping them out. Okay. It was run by this crazy Lithuanian Charlie. <laughs> it was just, he could smile at someone and just say the most rude and awful thing to them. And they would totally buy it, you know. God, there are some people this, out there. Just so talented. This, the most talented retailers. Oh, he could sell the Limburger, <laughs> you know, to the most unsuspecting person. That is great. That but we could... had like 200 kinds of cheese. Wow. Yeah. And mostly European stuff? Or? All, almost all. Okay. With the glowing exception of the um, Capri, the fresh goat from Westfield. Oh, okay. And she used to come, the original Westfield, farmer, she used to pioneer. come. Yeah. American cheese original from Westfield, Mass. Yeah, yeah. And she used to come down with her cooler. Wow. And bring us fresh chev. And it was the only American other than cheddar. Okay. You yeah. know, really, that we were carrying. Is that how people from Worcester say cheddar? Yeah, Charlie Cheddar. Charlie Ch- Cheddar used to come in. <laughs> He's a bus driver. <laughs> hey, where's my cheddar? And it's not sharp enough. Oh, you got anything sharper? Yeah. Well, we got the Grafton four-year-old, Charlie. What's uh, your sharpest cheddar? <laughs> we used to get that question all the time. Yeah. Back when I worked at Murray's, that was like everyone's least favorite question. Yeah. Completely. Yeah. So, so I did that for about four years on and off, you know, helping them out. Mm-hmm. So that was my cheese education. They had, of course, a they were total hedonists. So we had a very liberal sampling policy. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. So I would just eat cheese and, you know, I didn't know what Morbier was till I was there. Oh, yeah. And I was never the same after. Who, who would? Who would? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's like, it's And crazy. they used to get some raw milks in back in the day. Wow. Raw milk yeah. cheeses yeah. or raw milk? Yeah, cheeses, yeah. Morbiers okay. and okay. certain things. And there is still, I believe, one cheese shop left in Concord, Massachusetts. Well, we got to go. Peter Lovis. Fantastic. Okay. Shout out to Concord, Mass and Peter. Okay. Everybody Great go shop. visit the cheese shop in Concord, Mass. Yeah, they carry the fine Consider Barbell Farm cheeses as well. Very, very good. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so Consider Bardwell yeah. is the farm that you work at now. Correct. Not that you work at. You're a partner in the farm. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. Which is With Angela and Russell and Peter, our cheesemaker. I was thinking, you know, speaking of, you know, rock stars, I feel like Peter is a little bit of a rock star in the cheese world. Wouldn't you say? I'd say so. Peter Dixon, everybody. He knows more about cheese than just about anybody else. Yeah. It's kind of like a throwback 70s vibe he has going. (laughs) Exactly. You know? Oh yeah, he's great. I like to call him also the uh, the Johnny Appleseed of the American cheese world because he has been everywhere. I mean, yeah. he's a he's a very interesting character. He kind of is a, a, a cheese consultant. He's um, worked on a lot of different farms, developed a lot of different cheeses for a lot of different people. Had a background um, in uh, in dairy. Uh, went to mm-hmm. UVM, right, mm-hmm. the dairy yep. school there, and yep. worked for Land O'Lakes for a while. Yep. And uh, really traveled around and was in some very weird places making cheese and, and dairy products for Land O'Lakes. I remember he was in like uh, like Turkey or something. Macedonia. Macedonia. He, got a, yeah, he went on a grant to, to Macedonia, I know, for a while. But yeah. when he graduated high school when he was 18, his family started a camembert business. So he was thrown into it. Wow. So he's been making cheese in Vermont for 30-ish years. Wow. I mean, it's hard to find anyone in the United States who's been doing that, let alone on a 
farmstead level, you know. Absolutely, absolutely. So he's got crazy knowledge, yep. crazy experience, yep. and he landed at Consider Bardwell Farm, which is which is a fitting place. That's the the fir- the site of the first dairy co-op in the state of Vermont. Correct. Yep, from the 1860s. Okay. It's the first major cheese making co-op in the state. And the original f- uh, family that farmstead the land were the Bardwells. Okay. And the son was consider consider Stebbins Bardwell. Consider you know, Stebbins. <laughs> a long line of consider Bardwells in that family. Wow. And he was a, another entrepreneur of the day. Okay. Had a cheese making operation there. He made edge tools, axes, adzes, those kinds of hard, sharp things. That Vermonters uh, needed yep. to cut slate, down wood. Had and... a slate quarry. Wow. Harvested okay. peat on the land for fuel. Okay. Okay. That's so, a, that's incredible. So this place is an incredibly rich place with uh, in terms of cheese making history. Definitely. And um, Angela Miller and Russell Glover, who were the founding partners, um, purchased the farm in 2001 while it was still intact and, mm-hmm. you know, just barely in the nick of time kind of thing. Right. Was it a working dairy farm when it, they bought it? It was. It was the Nelsons who owned it. It was... Uh, after the Bardwells, it was the Nelsons. Oh, wow. So just two owners yeah, in yeah. all that time. Yeah, That's really called, unusual. Yeah, it was called Nelsonville from the 1930s to okay. the mid-90s. And then old man Nelson passed away, and his uh, widow was living there, and she sold it to Angela and Russ. Okay. And so they kind of discovered the history of the farm and decided to restart the cheese making there. So it's an ongoing renovation of the farm and kind of reimagining and restarting of of the cheese tradition. Well, that seems like a great place to to start off with. We actually have to take a quick break, but when we come back, we'll talk a little bit about how Angela and Russell started the farm and how you met them and where your cheese is headed. Fantastic. Stay with us. the curd on the heritage radio network um do you think ali farkator is singing about cheese right now it's bambara for something it could be cheese you know they're nomadic yeah i'm sure they had goats and carrying milk in stomachs yeah fashioned way the original way absolutely you know that's uh that's a little heat from the sun in the sand a little heat from the sun who needs a cheese vat when you have a desert absolutely absolutely um well this is a uh, beautiful music. I, it is. Uh, I'm glad that you're, you know, have brought it, have brought it to the to my attention because you know I think too much about cheese and not enough about other stuff. So fantastic. <laughs> 
Um, so we were gonna we were talking about Angela and Russell, mm-hmm. um, who are the co-founders of of Consider Bardwell Farm, and um, they where where you have uh, made cheese for how long now? How long have you been at Consider Bardwell? Um, three ish years, more than three years. It's kind of a blur. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> when you jump into something like that, it tends to be yeah, yeah. But the farm was restarted about five years ago. Okay, and um, they were making. Fresh cheese there, fresh goat cheese. Mm-hmm. Angela s- started with six goats for fun. Okay. And then things quickly got out of control. As as they kind of tend to <laughs> yeah. do with goats yeah. and that sort of like agrarian dream, you know? Definitely. I, yeah. Now, Angela is uh, a literary agent, right? Yep. She has a small agency in New York City, mm-hmm. and she goes back and forth from the city to the farm. Which is very hard, yep. very hard and very rare that mm-hmm. somebody can manage yeah, two careers like that. We call it the double reverse commute because <laughs> <laughs> she goes back and forth and Russell um, is an architect mm-hmm. and so he's back and forth as well. He's our master tinkerer. So she's kind of... Taking, master tinkerer, yes, I like that yeah, title. Yeah, oh, it's official. <laughs> he's literally kind of done the building out of the farm and the conversion of it to a cheese making operation. Wow. Um, and not in the way of hiring contractors to do so, but in the way of laying brick himself and wiring it and plumbing it and everything. Yeah. No, yeah. you've yeah. got to have somebody like that on yeah. the farm. Oh, it's absolutely. like imperative. Yeah. 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 The only problem is he's the only one that knows all that stuff and no one else does. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, it's trouble. Maybe that could be your next uh, sort of field of study. It could be. I need an apprenticeship. Pre- with Russell after apprenticing with Peter. But. Can learn how to build cheese caves and go around the country and get rich building everyone a cheese cave. <laughs> <laughs> Keep dreaming. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but so how did you meet Angela and Russell? You know, um, some old friends of mine from Boston days moved up to West Pollitt for no reason, which is really the only reason you would move to West Pollitt. It's a cute little town. It is a cute little town. There's the post office. There's Dutchie's store, and that's about it. Dutchie's. But it's the um, it's where all the slate from Vermont comes from. So it's a slate quarry town, an old kind of blue collar industrial town. Okay. Kind of like where I grew up in Worcester. So I kind of felt an affinity for it. But absolutely. But my friends moved up there because they found a really cool old place. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually an old coal bin. Were they music? Were they in the music world as well? Um, my friends a musician plays in. Um, and then um, his wife's a teacher. Okay. So so I just, you know, we'd go up and visit them from the city. And we'd drive past the farm and I'd think what goes on there. Mm-hmm. And um, then one day um, I got a call from Angela and she said, oh, I met your friends. and I need some help in the city because mm-hmm. I was living at the city at the time. Okay. Still working in the music industry. Mm-hmm. And... Um, getting tired of the music industry as it circled the drain sure sure you know? it's so it was even it was that 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 sort of sort of beginning of the end of the music industry as we know it yes, happened as then we know it. yeah yeah okay exactly. wow so you we only have started to hear about it in the last like couple of years i feel like maybe yeah. like two three years yeah but. it started happening about five years after i started and i spent another eight years in it wow. so i was you know I saw it all happen, so wow. it's kind of a shame. Absolutely. You know, a lot of the really good creative people left, and you stop being able to, like, you know, invest in an artist and develop an artist and bring an 18-piece band from Cuba over, yeah. you know, that would never happen now. But back then, when I started, you could do things like that. 
Right. You know, um, I was working for Palm Pictures for Chris Blackwell's label and um, was doing a lot of like more electronic stuff and kind of more current trendy stuff. Mm-hmm. I worked with this band Zero Seven. I signed them for the U.S. Okay. Uh, fantastic band. Wow. Fans of cheese, I know. Oh, good. British. Absolutely. Although the Brits, the British. they've got it in their blood. They do. They have they to. They do. They have to have you it. Know. Well, another British music reference. Yeah. The Ruddles. The Ruddles. Don't know it. Chocolate and cheese. I'm oh. sorry. Cheese and onions. Cheese and onions. Cheese and onions. Okay. The Ruddles were the Monty Python oh. send up of the Beatles. <laughs> 1968, I 69. I they were thinking, like mock Beatles. Oh, what would that be? The Meatles? <laughs> the, exactly. The, the Meekles? Yeah, they were the Ruddles. Yeah, the Ruddles. But they did a cheese and onions classic. Wow. Also later covered by uh, Galaxy 500, great okay. Boston band. See, you've got all yeah. this cheese and rock knowledge. Well, you're you know, che- you're going to need to dig a little, but it's out there. Oh, and speaking of the Brits, that was the one other, that was my one entree into this idea for this uh-huh. show was that I had heard somewhere that the guy from Blur is now making cheese. That's correct. I in, believe he has a yeah, a cheese farm somewhere. In the countryside, yeah. In, yeah. in England somewhere, or Ireland, or yeah, I forget exactly where. Yeah, I heard about it too, but I haven't, I don't know and the details. Music and cheese also, I guess they're in, in America there's one, So Young, from Andante Creamery. Oh, right. She's a classically trained uh, cellist, I oh, believe, no or violinist. Yeah. Sorry, so young. I, I, I wish I, yeah. I knew which one it was. But yeah, she makes goat cheeses now out in uh, California. Yeah. So I think, yeah, there's definitely something similar. There's a, that kind of uh, meditative kind of thought process yeah. in, the, yeah. in the, let's face it, the sort of rigorous monotony of just going through the same sort of stuff every day and reworking it and reworking yeah. it that yeah. musicians can probably get down with, with when it comes to making cheese writing a song would be like aging a cheese maybe there you go you know yeah sometimes you just write it and it's ready like a fresh cheese yeah sometimes you write it and it's not quite right and you gotta ruminate ruminate a little bit on it right absolutely work it rework it age it age it put it in the cave Mm -hmm. wash it turn it flip it Uh uh-huh wash it turn it flip it (laughs) wash it turn it (laughs) try it wash it turn it flip it some more (laughs) yeah yeah. And then when it's ready, you know, Absolutely. you send it to the counter, you put it on stage. Why not? And it has a solo. <laughs> <laughs> or at least your cheeses do at my cheese shop all the time. Mm, thanks for that. Yeah. Um, consider Broadwell cheeses are great. So can you tell us a little bit about the cheeses that you guys make now? Sure. Yeah. We're making goat's milk cheese um, from the goats on the farm. We have about 100 over Hosley. Swiss Alpine goats. Mm-hmm. And we make a raw goat tome called Manchester, which is fantastic. That is a fantastic cheese. Yeah. And that and all your cheeses take their names from neighboring towns, isn't they that do. right? They do. It's a little more traditionalist kind of bent we have there, kind of mm-hmm. playing to the history of the farm. So there's Manchester, which is the big town near us, mm-hmm. Manchester, Vermont. Um, we make also cow's milk cheese from... Uh, we have a partner farm in Chester, Vermont. Okay. The Jersey Girls Dairy. The Jersey Girls. I love that. <laughs> Jersey cows, Jersey not cows real Jersey Girls. They yeah. stay in New Jersey. Yeah. And uh, so we bring milk from uh, Lisa's farm over every couple of days. We hand carry it in cans the old-fashioned way. Let's talk about that for a second. Sure. Because when Peter told me that he was bringing milk in cans to the farm, I was just like, oh, my God, Peter, you are so crazy um a milk can 
weighs a lot. Yeah, it's 10 gallons capacity. Mm-hmm. It, the can itself weighs about 10 pounds. You got 8.6 pounds per gallon of milk. So you got 86 pounds of milk. So you got about 100 pounds a can. Yeah. You got anywhere from 10 to 15 of those on a pickup. Okay. When we go down, so riding riding real low on yeah, the suspension there. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we need the heavy duty truck. <laughs> no toy trucks. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I mean, part of it is just um, the reality of being a small farm. It's not like we have milk trucks. Sure. Or could afford milk trucks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and part of it is that um, we don't want to pump the milk. If you hand carry it, it's never pumped, and the milk fat stays whole. You're not agitating it. When you pump the milk, you kind of disrupt the fat molecules. Is that yep. it? You kind of break them up break and them start up. to... Okay. Yep. Start to break down. And with Jersey milk, you've got more fat than usual even. So exactly. that milk is rich and you want it to stay intact. Exactly. Because then later it's going to be a nicer made cheese. It's going to be a longer aging cheese mm-hmm. with the milk uh, with the milk fats intact. Yeah. Um, so we kind of believe in that principle. Yeah. It helps us rationalize <laughs> lifting <laughs> and carrying <laughs> each one. Well, you guys are beasts, you yeah, know. Yeah. You don't need to like uh, work out. Exactly. You don't need that's to go our. To the we gym. call that our. That's our health plan. Uh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then you get good cheese and good food on the other end of it. Exactly. So you know that seems like a pretty good. We should talk to the Obamas about that. We should. Healthcare is you know yeah. <laughs> become become a farmer. Yeah. You know work seems, camp. Yeah. <laughs> so from that milk, we make. Um, Three different raw milk uh, aged cows cheeses. Um, one called uh, Dorset, mm-hmm. which is a soft wash rind. Mm-hmm. Which after- is like the American Reblochon. It is so good. Thank you. Yes. And named after Dorset, Vermont, which is a kind of shishi, buttery resort town <laughs> south of us. Full of outlet malls, I've heard. Yeah. Or yeah. Well, is no, it outlet a, malls? That's, or? Man- that's Manchester. Oh, that's Manchester. Shoot. Dorset is like perfect white and green and bucolic and oh right yeah. i should know that when we Soft, brought people up to the farm wealthy that's yeah. where we went we yeah. went to dorset so dorset was a marble town yep and paulet was a was a slate town yeah exactly and we also have a cheese called paulet which is a more kind of everyday workingman cheese <laughs> yep, a that, toma style this is the best grilled cheese cheese you'll ever have and Anne knows that from having grilled many a cheese herself I wonder how many grilled cheeses we made this summer. We made a grilled cheese sandwich with at the Brooklyn Flea with um, the Paulette cheese, McClure's spicy pickles, um, and a Tomcat focaccia pocket, which were so good. Yeah, couldn't but, keep them away from those. Yeah, oh, it was it was amazing. So um, I like the Paulette a lot. I yeah. like the Working Man's cheese. It is a good Working Man's cheese, but you know, kids love that cheese. Great mm-hmm. for a grilled cheese, mm-hmm. but a lot of fancy pants restaurants like that cheese too. Exactly, because it's damn good milk. C- yeah, you know. Yeah, so it's deep. Absolutely. And uh, we also make um, a more classic kind of workman's cheese, the Rupert, which, which is, you guys won an award for this year kinda, at the American Cheese Society. We did indeed. What What did you guys place with that cheese? Well, we took a first place in the category. Mm-hmm. Um, for uh, aged wash rind cheese, and it won third best in show overall. Which is incredible because there were 1,300 cheeses in the show. So yeah. third overall so in the, the show. That's awesome. The number three cheese yeah. in the USA. In the USA. And I don't Get have it. a st- st- stitch of it ready yet. 
Really? Wait a month, it's coming back. Okay, okay. So oh. so that's a big alpine-style wheel that we age one year. Mm. Oh, wow, yep. full year. Full year. We're trying to be patient, you know? Yep. Like, Let the fermentation happen fully. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's named for Rupert, Vermont, which is one of the oldest towns in Vermont, just down the road from us. So that's our big cheese. <laughs> the big old cheese. <laughs> well, again, like music, you know, it takes a while. Like a musician's not going to be ready right away. Yeah, you the first album to... can be good. It, you know, sometimes that's a fluke. The yeah. second album is almost always not as good. But if you hang in there for the fourth or fifth Sometimes you get the good stuff. Can see how it develops. Yeah, exactly. Over time. Yeah. That's hysterical. Um, so did you ever uh, represent any bands from Wisconsin? Gee, I don't think so. Really? No, no. I, I was thinking, you know, if there were cheesy bands out there, maybe right, that would they, be a, right, good, uh, right. a good place for a them good to come in. from. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I never did. Mostly it was international groups. I worked with. Yeah. So, you know, Caribbean, I worked with a lot of classic reggae mm-hmm. and uh, not a lot of cheese. Not a lot Caribbean. of cheese there. It's true. Africa, Brazil. Yeah. yeah. A little bit of fresh cheese in Brazil, but yeah, yeah, I guess it's true. It's not really the, it's not really cheese country. Well, what about bringing music to the farm? What do you think about that? Do you guys ever think about making a, you know, a cheese uh, album of your own? You can get Peter on the, you know, I don't know, on the cheese vat, like drumming on the cheese vat. <laughs> we could, and, we could microphone. Know. I'll ask Russ if we can mic up the, the establishment. Oh, he could do it, and maybe you could play like the the cheese, the the cutter, you know, mm-hmm. like a harp or a guitar mm-hmm. or something, because yeah. that has all the wires and strings. You could get a nice resonance in the uh, hayloft. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. or in the cheese cave. The oh, there you washing go. Washing of cheeses. <laughs> You know? I think I want to consider Bardwell soundtrack for sure. We can play it at the shop at the Essex market. We would definitely be breaking new ground. I think. <laughs> All right. Well, we uh, unfortunately run out of time on the show, but we'll that's that's kind of perfect. We'll we'll get to work on our cheese album, and uh, you know then we can debut it on the Heritage Radio Network. Fantastic. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for coming and being on the show. My pleasure, Anne. And let's keep, you know, making that cheddar. 